0: From post to post, from buckle to buckle, from bell to bell, from ringside to worldwide, from corner to corner with your host, Sean Kuiper and Neil Payne. I'm back and better than ever.
1: <laughs> no words.
0: Told you it was going to be something different every week.
1: You sure are showing me <laughs> if you're still listening, welcome back to the show.
0: It's from corner to corner with Sean and Neil or Neil and Sean, however you want to say it
1: I mean if we're looking alphabetically it would be Neil and Sean yeah but you're the captain of the ship you steer it I'm older too I'm better looking
0: uh, debatable. <laughs> So let's jump right in, man. Some big, big news that we saw today. Could be big news. Could be huge news.
1: So that news is... Well, I don't want to steal your thunder. I'll let you tell.
0: Well, there's just kind of some breaking news that it looks like Ring of Honor has released all of their uh, talent from their contracts and could be having their last show here at the end of the year, which then puts a large portion of individuals out of work
1: well and the bad part is rumor circulating the dirt sheets that their main stars didn't know that they found out when the news broke and their friends were tweeting them
0: that's the worst way to find out you've been
1: traded That's an awful look. Well, not even trade it, because if you trade it, you got a job. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. (laughs) This is the worst way to find out you've been fired. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, what fired you through Twitter?
1: (laughs) So apparently, they are going to rebrand, re image themselves. Yeah. And they're going to finish out. There's a pay per view at the end of December. No, end of November, 1st of December, I think. Yeah. And they're basically taking the whole first quarter of 2022 off. Right. And then they're going to come back with what they said, the Super Card of Honor uh, in April, and there's going to be live events. I can't imagine they would have much of a roster left because uh, it's being reported that the wrestlers are eligible to work elsewhere pretty much immediately.
0: Well, I mean, if they're being released out of the contract, I mean... There's no contract, so I mean,
1: I mean, and like I said, it's not. It's the start of something huge. Yeah, you and I both said that we didn't know how they made it through the pandemic anyway. Right. And
0: apparently, they weren't doing live shows during the pandemic. They what they
1: said they haven't done live shows for eighteen months. Yeah. So. So that's all out of pocket expense, right? So now you're going to look at seeing these some of these wrestlers, and of course, you and I went through the roster earlier. What did we come up with? Maybe 10 guys that we had actually heard of. Yeah. I think I had heard of a few more than, than you have just because, I mean, I know stupid things about wrestling that I probably shouldn't know.
0: <laughs> Jay Lethal, probably the biggest name of the Jay bunch. Jay Lethal,
1: probably the biggest name. Of course, you know, Jonathan Gresham, the Briscoe brothers, PCO, Brody King. You got guys like that they are there. Of course, Mike and Maria, who just left uh, WWE recently, they're there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if, as the – developments come out which wrestlers go to wwe which wrestlers go to aew which wrestlers go to impact i feel like each each of the three brands are going to get a fair share
0: and new japan may get a couple of those guys. new japan
1: probably will too as well
0: so but we're not going to dwell on that too much we'll keep you posted as we find out but we did think that it was something worth talking about just for a minute or two so let's uh let's go ahead and jump into the missing the mark segment how about that
1: I think it sounds fantastic. you know what? I went first last week. Okay. So why don't you go first? (laughs) All
0: right. Well, my first missing the mark. And it's probably not that big of a deal. But I was watching the chompa Braun Breaker match. He's doing a lot of moves. Uh, Braun is. He's doing a lot of moves from his uncle. And from his dad.
1: He did the Frankensteiner. Yeah. Scott Steiner was the one that invented the Frankensteiner.
0: Right. (laughs) And I just think they're missing the mark by not branding him as the next generation of Steiner. Right. I don't understand if there's... uh, There can't be too much negative history... Or Rick would have never let him come to work for the WWE, right? right? So, there's got to be something there. I mean, Braun Breaker is, I guess, an okay name. But you don't put that kind of name on a brand. And the Steiner Brothers is a brand.
1: I'm not sure why he couldn't be Rick Steiner Jr. Right. And I've jokingly called him Rick Scott. I'm not sure why he couldn't even be Rick Scott. Yeah. I mean, they did Curtis Axel. Kurt yeah. Henning, Larry the Axe, uh, or Kurt, Kurt Henning, Larry the Axe Henning, that's where they yeah. got Kurt Axel, you know, yeah. Curtis Axel. I agree with you. They are missing. And, yeah. of course, then they did the same thing with Usos. Right. Uh, now,
0: Usos' younger brother comes in, and he didn't even
1: work close to, you know, J- Jimmy or Jay Uso. I don't even want to give it an attempt to say his name because yeah. I would butcher it. Yeah.
0: So, I just think when it comes to a branding standpoint, and and it looks like the future's bright for both of these kids, man. Don't do them a disservice just because they're from a, the family. So right, that, that's that's my first missing the mark.
1: My first missing the mark. I'm going to kind of piggyback off yours. I'm going to take it a step further. Is why the goofy gimmicks and the goofy gimmick changes. So we have. It started I mean, it started with a long time ago when people come up from NXT to Raw or SmackDown. Vince feels the need to change their their name, their look, their music, everything. Yeah. But you know, carrying Cross. You got um, Keith Lee. Bearcat Lee. They destroyed him. Right. They like, changed
0: him right off the very first bat.
1: I have said, and I've told you this. Yeah. I can't wait until his contract's up. Right. I hope he leaves. He goes to AEW or Impact, and he gets used the way that he should be used because he's yeah. a megastar. Yeah. Um, you got King Xavier for a while. Now it's King Woods. That is a heel turn waiting to happen. Okay. Yeah. Say what you want to. Aside from Nakamura, anybody that picks up the King persona. It's a heel. Yeah. You are 100% a heel. Um, you know, and carrying cross is he a gladiator? Is he into some weird Christian Grey stuff? Is Now he's got pictures coming out that he's growing his hair back out and he's in suits, so have they given up on that altogether? Like, I don't know. Now
0: he's been doing the suit stuff behind the scenes.
1: Right. I mean, which I think would play into a pretty cool hitman-type gimmick. But just why couldn't he stay carrying cross, leave his entrance the way it was, leave him with Scarlet, and go on?
0: They changed uh, Sami Zayn's music the other night, and his music's been the
1: same ever since he was in NXT. Right, it's it's bad, and 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 they flip them so often that I mean, how many times has Mustafa Ali's name been changed? <laughs> A bunch. He was Mustafa. Mustafa Ali. Ali. Then he was Mustafa Ali again. It's like, and then T-Bar? Yeah. What was wrong with Dominic Dijakovic? I don't know. But And
0: he put it on Twitter uh, about two weeks ago after the draft that he was basically teasing that Dominic was coming back. And then he comes out Monday night with T-
1: as T-Bar. You have to stop with this. This is nonsense. It's malarkey. Yeah. That's a fancy word for you. Malarkey. That's yeah. what it is. So, my first missing the mark. Vince, stop with the gimmick changes, man. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, um, my second missing the mark is the whole trends, what transpired Friday night between Charlotte and Becky. Yeah. Right. We talked about it last week that probably what they were going to do is just show up on their new shows with the new belt. Right. Nope, we couldn't do that. Let's make an idiotic segment out of it. Right. Because now they couldn't just go out there and exchange belts. I don't know what the problem was. Now, I know they're trying to build on the match probably for Survivor Series, but the whole segment was stupid. Dumb. It didn't need to transpire. And then apparently... Whatever transpired led to backstage heat on Charlotte. Right. And now everybody's saying Charlotte's impossible to deal with. She left the building without talking to
1: Vince. Rumor has it that not a single female in the back wants to work with Charlotte. Yeah. So, I I don't know, man. Uh, and then you had Sonya Deville in the middle of it. Is she a wrestler? Is she uh, authority? What is she? And I don't feel like she necessarily had to be out there. Yeah. Charlotte didn't want to look weak. One of our listeners asked us, how do you look weak during a title exchange right? And I said, exactly how it worked out is how you look weak. Yeah. And I think uh, most of that was unscripted and they just kind of fed off each other. Yeah. Charlotte initially started that by, by throwing the belt at Becky, right. which is Charlotte said well hero. she
0: actually threw the belt behind over in the corner,
1: right. And, and then
0: then she had to go pick it back up. And then brought it back and handed it to Sonya. Yeah, because Son- and then
1: Becky threw the well, belt. Well, because Sonia looked at her and said, "Pick the belt up."
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, it was dumb.
1: It was done. It, it, it was. It was done. It was a segment that did not have to happen. And, and
0: my just one little small. I want to say this real funny or real fast. I was on Twitter last night and I was kind of reading and they was like, who's going to be the next challenger for Roman? And the Twitter universe was going crazy for Jeff Hardy. And I was like, I almost did a missing the mark on the Twitter verse,
1: But they want it to be Willow, I think is what they want, which was his alter ego in Impact.
0: Jeff Hardy is past his problem. He is. When, nobody wants to see... Jeff Hardy and Roman Reigns.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm sure AEW is just chomping at the bit for him to be released, so they can no they can add Jeff Hardy to their roster.
0: But I, I just want to throw that little missing the mark B in
1: there. My second missing the mark. I'm going to surprise you with this one. Okay, because I think he's listening, and Tony Baloney. Hasn't said anything yet this week for me to have to do you do you, boo-boo, part three. Okay? <laughs> so, Tony Baloney, thank you for that. But what I will talk about is Turner. Yeah. Why are you jerking Dynamite around? You're obviously invested in AEW. They put a good product out there. Why keep moving them around Wednesday night, Saturday night, Friday night? It's, why? Yeah. I understand that you have commitments to the NBA, you also have two channels, three if you want to count true TV. Why can't they be on one of the other channels on Wednesday night?
0: Yeah, and t- until they figure out whatever's going on.
1: I'm sure there's more logistical things to that. But on TBS, what do they typically play? It's reruns of, sick, of, of TV shows and movies.
0: Yeah, from the 90s.
1: Like, can we not just move Dr. Doolittle to? From the 8 o'clock time slot to 10 and move Dynamite over there? Right. Like I, like, like I said, I'm sure it's more logistical. And,
0: and whenever they come up with Wednesday Night Dynamite, these same things were in place then. Right. It's not like that the NBA just started on TNT this week. <laughs> it
1: wasn't like Adam in Silver a, was like, you know what? We're going to take this here round ball and two hoops. Ten guys, we're going to play a game.
0: On Wednesday, on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock.
1: And Turner's going to play us. Right. Like, come on. But either go on and make the move to TBS. Figure something out.
0: Yeah. Because It's
1: unfair to them. It is unfair. Because what happened this week is you put them up on Saturday nights. Typically Saturday nights, the the better college football game of the day is on at that time. Also, they replayed SmackDown on Fox. And the replay of SmackDown – had more viewers than the live dynamite. Think about what I just said. Yeah. The replay of Smackdown and it wasn't that great of a Smackdown. And the
0: regular Smackdown drew 2.5 million on Friday night. They drew
1: they drew almost 600,000 on on Saturday Which night. Which means the total total number is over 3 million on the Smackdown. Right. So and, and and like I said in comparison to the other Smackdowns it wasn't that great of a show. But that stat alone should tell you Turner is hurting the product yep. that they've invested a lot of time, energy, and money into. Yeah. And if they don't stop, now, of course, it's live tonight. Thank goodness. Right. But if they don't stop or change something, it's it's going to cause a lot of damage. Right. So my second missing the mark goes to Turner.
0: I'll be curious to see what the numbers are tonight. Because they're going up against World Series game two.
1: They are. And, and, you know, but, I mean, you got how many fish can Bobby Fish fish if Bobby Fish could fish fish or whatever <laughs> against Phil Brooks. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a barn burner.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's hope that Bobby Fish and all his fishes get out of the match without getting hurt because he's a walking injury. Yeah. So, you know, Phil Brooks, maybe he takes him out. Who knows? There you go. There you go.
0: So, yeah, not, not as – dramatic missing the marks this week but they're still it's like they fall in our laps (laughs) right so so i'm pretty excited about tonight's topic are you yeah and i think you're pretty excited too because you were texting me all night last night going dude you cannot believe what i've got planned for us am i yeah i I did that you did do that
1: are you sure
0: i'm sure yeah
1: i don't even remember what the topic is
0: Well, I'll remind you.
1: Why don't you do that?
0: WCW is gone. (gasps) And Sting is coming off of his Turner contract.
1: Wait a minute. You're not saying.
0: And instead of going to TNA, he's coming to the WWE, baby. So tonight's topic is, what if Sting come to WWE in
1: 2002? Man. I got goosies on top of my goosies.
0: I got goosies, too, and I knew what I was saying.
1: Goosies at the end of my mullet. <laughs> I got mullet goosies.
0: <laughs> That's good goosies right That's there. That's the best
1: kind of goosies. <laughs> so, you're telling me, Sting, Turner contract is done. He signs with the WWE instead of signing with TNA.
0: Yep. What do right. you think about them apples?
1: Well, I did kind of know that was the topic. Yeah. Because here's what I think about this, the, the these apples. The WWE roster in 02 was absolutely stacked. Yeah. I mean, tell me if you've heard of any of these guys. Okay. Okay. Uh some guy, Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: I think I think I've heard of it.
1: Okay. Kane. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy. Uh Chris Jericho. It's
0: kinda scary. We just talked about Jeff Hardy.
1: Almost like we knew. What about this? he's um, a movie star. Dabbled a little bit in wrestling. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Eddie Guerrero. Viva la Raza. That was yep. terrible. I'm sorry, Eddie. That was, was. Brock Lesnar. Kurt Angle. Triple H. What about the Immortal Hulk Hogan? Have, have you heard any of those guys? Yeah. All those guys were on roster in 2002. That's some big names.
0: And and that that sounds like our top 50.
1: <laughs> that, that's a. You're gonna hear most of those names when we do the top fifty. Yeah, actually, by most of those names, you're gonna hear all of those names right. when we do the top fifty. Yeah. So, I told you all that to say. I wouldn't have Sting do a program with any of those guys. Wow. I mean,
0: well, we know we don't want to program with Hulk because we already seen what that
1: does. Right. I mean, but we, we forget Vince put the world title on this version of Hulk Hogan.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he probably had creative control and wanted that title. I,
1: I'm convinced <laughs> that if he got put strapped his boots back up today, Vince probably put the world title on. He probably would. And unfortunately, he probably beat Big E for it.
0: Either that or, like, win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> God,
1: God bless. So, Vince, don't listen to that. So... There is lots of potential. I told you that to say there's lots of potential for a lot of good a lot of good programs.
0: Right. And we talked about last week that, you know, he would have still been what, early forties? Yeah. 30, I mean, or, he, yeah. He, he would have been early forties. Yeah.
1: I mean, just to give you just to give you an example of like somebody who is close to his age. AJ Styles currently is forty four. Yeah. And you see what he still does in the ring. Right. I'm going to argue, and I would argue with anybody, that he's probably one of the best wrestlers in the world currently. Yeah. AJ Styles. So
0: Being underutilized, as usual.
1: Right. But there's lots of talent on this roster. So I looked at this show a little different. Okay. I have looked at five potential programs that Sting could be involved with that I think would be banger matches. Okay. I have also picked up some storylines that I think the WWE could use with Sting and O2, some of which are a playoff kind of what they did in TNA, some of the stuff he did in TNA. Others are some of the stuff that I've thought up in my crazy wrestling mind. But the one thing that I definitely would do, I wouldn't put Steve Borden, I wouldn't put the Stinger anywhere near the world title.
0: He never really had to have it.
1: He didn't have to have it. And Sting coming to the WWE is an attraction.
0: Hollywood Sting needed the title. Crow Sting didn't need the title, right? I mean... The Braun Sting back in the early 90s that was feuding against Flair, it was cool to see him with the title. But as it went along, he really didn't have to have the title. Now, he got it quite often, though.
1: And I honestly, but he never held it for long. Right. I honestly don't know that Surfer Sting even really needed the title. I think when he took the belt off of Flair in 90 at, at Great American Bash, that Sting probably needed the title to legitimately make him a main event star. Yeah. Um,
0: Well, and they had to end that long feud payoff the right way.
1: So the first thing I would do is I would not have him anywhere near the world title. So when I was looking at potential programs that Sting could be involved in, I looked at who the champions were. And and so I kept him away from guys who would be the champions. So you're not going to see him with Brock Lesnar. You're not going to see him with the Rock. You're not going to see him with Kurt Angle. You're not going to see him with Eddie Guerrero. You're not going to see him with those guys. Okay. Yeah. You're going to see him the first program. You know how I bring Sting back in? Very first program I have him with Ric Flair. Wow. Something somebody people are used to. You're trying to draw that WCW audience more in. That was the last main event of Monday Nitro, Sting versus Flair. We know the history they have. Can't tell me that they're still not going to put on some great matches.
0: Right, and Flair would have just been coming back around that same time, Flair right? Flair would
1: have just been coming back in. He came back in as an authority figure. It's all working out great. So you could have Sting come in, or you could have Flair come in as the authority figure, okay? One of the first things he does, he talks about this debuting guy he's got. Nobody in their wildest dreams in O2 would have ever thought of Sting. Right. They would have thought...
0: Because Facebook come along in 04, so there wasn't no social media.
1: Right. You would have thought Goldberg. You would have thought a number of guys. Scott Hall, Kevin Natt, you would have thought... all oh, You know, both those guys were in the WWE at this time. So you would have thought a number of people. I'm not sure many people would have thought of Sting because for so long it felt like Sting... And the WWE were two things that would never go together. And even when you think about the time that he debuted, like, that was weird. It was weird seeing the st- seeing Sting in a WWE ring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just kind of felt icky. So, I think my first program that I would run with Sting is I would run with Flair versus Sting. I like it. I mean two guys that know each other, traveled the roads together. That's a program to start staying comfortable. Somebody that he's used to working with can, like, teach him the WWE way. I think it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah.
1: And, I mean, when have you ever – think about it, honestly. When have you ever seen Ric Flair and Sting go at it that it hadn't been a good match?
0: I can't think of one.
1: At all? No. I mean, because – They've wrestled for so. I mean, we were talking about them in '88 and '89 wrestling. Like yeah. they've wrestled for a long time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you wrestle somebody for twenty-two years, you know them pretty well, right? So that would be the first program I would run this thing. It doesn't have to be lengthy. You know, it could be a um, it could be a short couple month program. Not something you ever have to have a goofy stipulation with. Not something you ever have to have a title involved with, just two guys who know each other really well, who can put on one heck of a match.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't uh, I don't disagree. I, I, I that wasn't the that wasn't the person I thought you'd go with first. So I'm I'm intrigued.
1: I mean, there's a lot of people that I think you could go with. I chose Ric Flair first. Because
0: I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, though. I right. mean, it really does. It's, it's a comfort level. They know each other. You know, breaking breaking in that way. It it makes a lot of sense to do it that way.
1: So then you think about another program that you could run him with. And and again, there's lots of potential. I think his next program would need to be. I, I was tossed up. Who you know? And I think his next program would need to be with dot the doctor of Thuganomics himself, John Cena. Nice. I think, when you think of the promos that John Cena was cutting then, basketball, jersey, chain, John Cena, and think of the programs that he could cut on, the promos he could cut on Sting. I mean, Sting was no slouch on the mic. And it would kind of be a New guard versus the old guard, kind of thing. That was around the time that, you know, Angle and Cena were having their thing. And then, I mean, Angle was, he hadn't been moved into the world title pitcher yet. He wasn't the face of the franchise yet. He was on his way. Yeah. That was, you know, that was when he had the U.S. title. I mean, I said keep him away from the world title. If he's U.S. champion at the time, Sting holds the Sting has held the U.S. belt. He held the U.S. belt way back when. So you got that angle going, the doctor of thugonomics could say, I'm I'm a better U.S. champion than you are. I'm I'm better at you than everything. And I think it's really a way for you to get a young guy that you are investing heavily in in John Cena, a program with the new guy, new to WWE. He's Vince's newest toy, but he's an old guy you know Vince always looks down on WCW anyway so you had this this chance to to uh you know really work this young versus old now my assumption with this is is that when Sting would have signed in November 28th of 2002 that's when he started touring again that Vince brings him in not to bury him that he's going to get a fair shake, he's going to get a chance, he's he, he's going to win matches, he's going to lose matches, but he didn't bring him in just to bury him. Right. I think that would be terrible. That, I mean, that that would have been bad business in 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 2 When he brought him in, of, you know, finally, it gets crapped on a lot that Sting got buried. I mean, people act like Sting had no say in any of these things. Right. Ultimately, Vince has final say, but Sting had to be okay with it. Right. And and if anybody ever thought that Sting was ever gonna go over Triple H, especially when they turned it into a DX versus NWO thing, you're not paying attention to anything. (laughs) Okay. Sting was never gonna go over Triple H. Yeah. So I think my second program for Sting would be John Cena.
0: Yeah, and I mean at this time, you know, they had figured John out. Right, I mean, yep. we're past the point that they were like, "I don't think he's going to make it." Right, because Doctor Thugonomics is was the birth of John Cena.
1: He was he, and and you know how that character came about. He was right. rapping on the back of the bus. Yep. Stephanie McMahon heard it. Yep. She said, "Hey, can you do that?" And he was like, "Well, yeah." And she said, "Can you do it anytime?" You know, yeah, that's it. That's your character right there. Yeah, and the Doctor Thugonomics was born. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it gave John his edge, his swagger that he carried for the rest of his career. Yep, for sure. I think then I'd match him up with another young guy. I'm not sure how I would spin this yet, but I think this character could play the heel role. He was still, he was still thought of at this point as a singles wrestler. I mean, as a tag team wrestler. Uh, he'd been involved in some of your favorite matches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to see Sting versus a young Edge.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: I think Sting and Edge could, I mean, you, you're looking for an opportunity to solidify Edge as a single star.
0: What and a, this was about that time.
1: About the time he's getting ready. You know, he's yeah. he's he's starting to get in the Intercontinental title chase. Yeah. You know, he's just coming out of the TLC matches, right. you know, where you have Edge and Christian versus the Hardy's versus the Dudleys that set pay-per-views on fire, man. They, they how many times have you talked about those matches on the on these shows?
0: At least five.
1: At least. At least.
0: Pretty much every time we mention Edge, Christian, the Dudleys, or the Hardy boys.
1: Right. I mean, there's some of your all time favorite matches. Yes. You know, I I almost picked Jeff Hardy here because I thought about when you look Jeff Hardy is more like sting in terms of the face paint and the mystique and kind of all that I went with edge because edge is better on the mic yeah I looked everybody that I have a program I had I have sting in a program with, is all good on the mic they're all able to hold their own you can't you can't have sting carry a program uh, when you're talking about in terms of promos in the, Fed, the the Fed like you could in WCW So I think edge sting, would be a fabulous promo. I mean, fabulous program. Uh, I even maybe let Edge go over. You know, every program at, I'm at, looking at at this, at this
0: point, Sting was pretty much Teflon, right? right? I, I mean, mean, yeah. I mean, he's going to win some matches, right? And you know, he and he's going to lose some matches.
1: Every program I have him in I'm thinking like we're only going to do it. Two to three months. We're not we're not having lengthy programs.
0: Well, I mean WWE didn't do that anyway. Right. So all this could transpire in the six months, and he'd be retired after that.
1: <laughs> and, and, and it really could. Uh, I mean, you could do f- four of these programs in a month. Yeah. I think I probably have Edge go over. Edge needs that signature win, so to speak. Yeah. I think Sting could be just the guy that would give him an early credible win. Yeah. Over a, I mean, Steve, even Sting in O2 was a Hall of Famer,
0: right? And, and we're still a, we're still a little ways away from Rated our Superstar, at, right? At this point, right? So,
1: I mean, I don't think he took the belt off, I don't think he cashed in money in the bank on John Cena till like, I want to say two thousand eleven. Yeah, so I was gonna like, say
0: John Cena wasn't Thuganomics anymore. He no, even John Cena. Was right. So now. I mean,
1: so I mean, we're still looking at eight to ten years before he really is in the main event scene, right? And I think this is just the kind of match that, the, and just kind of program that could boost him and get that started a little quicker because it would be what was needed. He's standing toe-to-toe with Sting. That's what's needed because, obviously, they saw him as a single star. Yeah. What would be needed to propel him past that tag team status and put him in the next level, yep. upper mid-card kind of thing. Right. So – I would, I, and, and plus, I think it would be really fun. I think I, I think Edge, even Edge and O2, really good in
0: the ring.
1: 100%. So, I think I'd like to see a program with Edge. Of course, then I think, and I'm like, so he's had a program with Ric Flair. Ric Flair's in the WWE at the time, but he's a WCW guy. And then he has a program with Cena and Edge back-to-back. They're WWE guys. But they're young. He needs a program with a lifer WWE guy. And I know just the guy. The sexy boy himself. The heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels.
0: And he had just come back because 2002 Survivor Series is when he had that match against uh, Triple H and realized hey, I can wrestle again. I'm still
1: pretty dang good. God had healed him at that point, and and listen, and 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 he says that's one one hundred percent the day that he submitted and gave himself to, to Christ was the day that he woke up the next morning completely healed.
0: Yeah, without pain, without pain. And that is, you know, that that uh, unsanctioned match. I've talked about that too. That's my favorite match ever.
1: Well, and we are. The Shawn Michaels retiring in 98 is a future topic for us. Yeah. So we will go into depth more about that when we get to the show. But so you, 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 you look, Sting at this point really needs that program with a guy who is a lifetime WWE guy. And you look, you look at the roster and there's names you could pick. I don't know that there was a more lifetime WWE guy than Shawn Michaels on the roster at that point. I mean, from the moment that Marty Jannetty jumped through the barbershop window to get away from Shawn Michaels, (laughs) he was solidified as a star from that point moving forward. Yeah. I mean, he's the first man in the Royal Rumble to to win from the number one position. He won back-to-back Royal Rumbles, which if your name wasn't Hulk Hogan then, was unheard of. So Shawn wins back-to-back Royal Rumbles. He's a megastar. He is... I mean, just I think the perfect. I mean, plus you know how good he is in the ring, right? I mean, you yeah, know, it's going to be a good match. He, they're both ring psychologists. They're technicians. Like, it's going to be a real. It's going to be a really good program. It's yeah, going to be. And some- he's
0: phenomenal on the on the mic. Oh
1: yeah, so. I mean, if Sean and if if Sean and Triple H had reconciled their differences by this point, you could throw the DX angle in there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an interesting twist. I think Shawn Michaels Sting. Just thinking about it, I'm like, man, that would burn the house down. Like, it would. The roof would blow off the place. It would be a match. That if you're if you're there watching, you're not sitting down for 30 minutes. Yeah, you're on your feet. You're clapping. You're cheering. It's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. I think it's a program that would just, I mean, just be Dave Meltzer five star ratings.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Now, you talk about him being a lifer. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling there's one more name on your list that's a lifer as well.
1: There is one more name.
0: And it's the match that never happened.
1: The match that never happened. It's the dream match. Yeah. And that is The Undertaker. Right. If Sting signs an O2, he has to have a program with The Undertaker. Right.
0: And I, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if that wouldn't have been his first program.
1: It could have been.
0: And I like the way that you wrote it out. Right. I, I do think that that is would have been a smart way to do it with Ric Flair. Right. Get it broke in and stuff like that. But you know, Vince, pour the fire on it, boys. Right. Let's go let's, to the top right let's, now.
1: Let's let's douse this Joker in gasoline and set it and, on fire and, and go.
0: It, they would have been in the ring. That him coming in in November, April. So they the, would have spent six months building that, or five months building that up for WrestleMania. The way
1: I when I was looking at this the way that I planned it is obviously Sting's working these programs starting the end of O2, but pretty much the beginning of O3. Right. Okay. He's going to work uh, those four programs. He's going to work Flair.
0: You probably, they probably spend the last month of O2 with a uh, Titan Tron teaser.
1: <laughs> He's going to work, <laughs> work Flair, Cena, Edge, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels and Sting could even be a Survivor Series match where you have Team Shawn Michaels versus Team yeah. Team Sting. I'll get, It actually comes into kind of a storyline later. But you look at about three-month programs, I think that's – like I have them work all of 2002. In 03 is when I have the first interaction. Because I'm going to keep the – me, I'm going to keep the fans wanting it. Right. The fans want it. I'm not giving it to them yet. Right. I have their first interaction. I don't even have them on the TV screen at the same time. Okay? Is in the Royal Rumble in 03. So. I mean 04. Sorry. You, you the Royal could, Rumble in 04.
0: You could potentially start planting the seeds if Undertaker's on Shawn Michaels' Survivor Series team. You could. I mean, that would be a small... Right. A small smattering of just a little dash of salt right there. Right.
1: You know. So um, the problem is with The Undertaker at this point is he's not the dead man. That's when he's big evil. Uh, Just come out of his American badass. Uh, Got the short hair, wears the bandana. Yeah. I'm not sure that Undertaker has the same effect, but it's still Undertaker versus Stink. Right. But, yeah, I have their first interaction face-to-face kind of thing. You know, there could be some times where it's teased, but their first interaction is at the 04 Royal Rumble. Or if we play it the way you do, Sting maybe get Pins Taker at Survivor Series. You have Sting in the ring at the Royal Rumble. Lights go out. The gong hits. Lights come on. Taker's in the ring. You, you He slam Sting. Lights go back out, come on. And they're both gone. I mean, easily done. Yeah. Uh, so, ultimately, that leads... I mean, it's got to happen at WrestleMania, right? Right. It's got to happen at WrestleMania. And here's the here's the kicker. Here's the twist. Sting beats the Undertaker at WrestleMania. What? We don't get a streak.
0: So, let's see. 0-2. So, at this point, Undertaker been around since, what, 91?
1: Uh, he Well, 92. Okay. Uh um, well, uh, the Survivor in of '92, so yeah. his
0: first WrestleMania would have been '93. Right, so. so we ain't even at ten years. Well, that would have been the tenth. Well, he's, the tenth. he's had
1: an injury or two in there that he yeah. hadn't performed. But yeah. so we're around eight or nine, I think. Yeah, but I would have Sting beat him. The streak wasn't really a thing then.
0: Right,
1: it was just the guy that had won several matches at WrestleMania. Yes. Shawn Michaels had right. No, I mean, I mean Triple H has lost the most matches at WrestleMania. <laughs> right, but uh, one
0: heck of a gracious loser at WrestleMania.
1: <laughs> He's got some awesome entrances. Can't wrestle worth the crap. Right. So that also, of course, plants the seed for future WrestleManias. Right. Because ultimately Vince is going to let his guy get that win back. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think when I was looking over the roster, those were the first guys that popped out in my mind, and um, they,
0: and they all make a ton of sense.
1: Right. I mean, you think of the you think of the timing of everything. That Ric Flair obviously is a great start. Yeah. Then you got the two young guys, Cena and Edge, who've turned into WWE lifers. And they've turned into Hall of Famers. You got Shawn Michaels. Of course, now you're going against the lifetime WWE guy, and then of course the Undertaker, who is the dream match, the dream opponent. Right. So you have, and then I mean, Kane's a potential. There's, there's, I mean, the potentials literally are, are limitless. And, and
0: you really could though. You could go back. And he can fight with any of those guys on that list at the beginning of the show, right? You know, I mean, any any one of them,
1: right? I mean, and I mean, and and that's just fourteen, fifteen names that scrolling through the list of people on the roster, and and the date I used was November twenty eighth, two thousand two, because that's the date he started touring again wrestling. Yeah, his Turner contract was up. That's the date, so that's the date I used. So when I look at their roster, on November twenty eighth, two thousand two, those are just the first 14, 15 names that pop out. If you have. Booker T's there. Scott Steiner's there. Kevin Nash. Scott Hall. All those guys are there too. I mean, there's tons of potential. Those are the fives that really jumped out at me. Now, I told you that I looked at this a different way, and I told you the programs that I would like to see Sting involved in. But I've thought of some cool storylines. Okay. The first storyline that I thought of is basically, WWE apparently likes to do 2.0 things now, Invasion 2.0. The first Invasion angle they did was just half done, man. All the big-name stars had no – I mean, still had Turner contracts, so they weren't there. The biggest star you had was Booker T. Now, Booker T's a huge star. You can't start an invasion angle with Booker T.
0: Yeah, and the first thing he did is come in and hurt Stone Cold Steve
1: Austin. Right. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, when Sting was talking about signing – him and Vince, I've read, I read multiple interviews, you know, doing, doing some research on uh, some things, how this went down. And Sting and Vince had lots of conversations at the end of 02. And he said they were all good conversations. And Vince had some pretty good ideas. It came down to he had a conversation with Booker. And Sting ultimately didn't sign because of the way that Booker T was treated. When he came to to WWE. The Rock cutting his promo. I mean, it was just the Rock cutting the Rock promo. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. But he didn't feel like Booker, because Booker was the world champion and U.S. champion when Nitro shut down. Right. He didn't feel like Booker got the respect that he deserved. And he felt like he would get a lot of the same, which is ultimately why he didn't sign.
0: Right. And he might not be wrong. Might not. Because, like you said, the worst thing they could have done is Vince bringing him in and squashing. Squashing. Right? Because as great as Booker T is, Booker T wasn't Sting. No. Right? I mean, Booker T wasn't the guy that was in the rafters for an entire year and right. never said a word. And every time somebody saw him, the crowd went crazy. Right. And he never said a word. Well, and... There's not many guys that could get away with that.
1: He was the one guy that was looked at as a lifetime WCW guy. Yeah. Even Ric Flair, he's an NWA guy, WCW guy. But for that moment in 92, hey, we've talked about that that year, that that yeah. that Royal Rumble. He's already been to the WWE. Yeah. He's already been there. So WWE fans are familiar with him, obviously, because he's been there. He's 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 held the winged eagle, right? right? So Sting was the face of WCW. Right. And I feel like 100% Vince probably would have squashed him just to show WCW's dead. It would have been the very wrong move.
0: Well, I mean, look what he did to Jeff Jarrett.
1: So, right. So, with the invasion angle, now you have Sting, Flair, Hall, Nash, Booker, DDP, Big Show, Benoit, Jericho, Guerrero, Scott Steiner, William Regal, Eric Bischoff is there. You have all Demolinka, Like, you have all kinds of guys. The invasion angle that I would do is I would take Big Gold. I would take the U.S. title. I would take the WCW tag team titles that they were still, if they weren't still using, they had just stopped using. I would create my own show. The way the NWO took over over, uh, Nitro, I would have WCW do the exact same thing. I would do an honest-to-goodness, legitimate invasion angle where people watching and people in the crowd thought, holy crap, is this real? Because you said something early on. There was no social media. Right. Nobody, if Sting showed up randomly at the end of O2 grabbed the microphone and blamed, cut a scathing promo and blamed Vince for him not having a job, and that he was here to not only take his job back, but take his company back, and WCW and and prove WCW is not dead, and the takeover starts now.
0: And then everybody come out,
1: and he could take he. Spray paint was big in WCW. Pull a can of black spray paint out and spray paint WCW in the middle of the WWE ring. WWE wrestlers run out because they're they're going to, right? Drop, shoot him back up to the rafters. That's what people know him for. Yeah. The next week, he's just in the rafters. And you could have him come down. He always gets gets involved in matches that have WCW wrestlers in it. He comes down, takes out the WWE guy, goes back up to the rafters. You could do months with this. And,
0: you know, be honest with you, you could could work this angle with the Ric Flair, right? Because you said Mm -hmm. Ric Flair is bringing in a guy. Yeah. Well, Ric Flair is a WWE guy at this time. Right. But he's bringing in this guy Mm -hmm. and this guy does this angle and screws it all up. And then Rick is like, what's going on? Why, you know, why are you doing, you know? Right. And uh, goosies. Right. Goosies, man. I mean. I don't have a mullet and I have goosies on my mullet. Uh, right,
1: right. You have mullet goose. <laughs> I got mullet <laughs> But. I like it. I mean, it would be fantastic. And then, so you have, so Sting's interfering, Sting's interfering. You know who else you have at the time? Charles Robinson. What's Charles Robinson do? He's a referee, right? What's he famous for in WCW? He's a little Nate. Yeah. What if what if Charles Robinson becomes the WCW referee, much like Nick Patrick did in, w, in, in WCW for the NWL? So these matches that Charles Robinson is refereeing, now you know, he conveniently has his back turned. Sting comes down. It starts causing all the WCW wrestlers to win the WCW titles. Big gold, the U.S. title, the tag team titles. Maybe even debut the television title at this point. I don't know. It's possible. So then you look, and then you have a legitimate takeover. That would lead, of course, to a, to a Survivor Series match. WCW is owned by WWE. Why not have it in war games? Team WCW versus Team WWE. You legitimately, I'm telling you, Sean, if they would commit, they could get easily Nine months out of this. They could take it to November. Yep. Like, that's 11 months. Like, start it in January. You could run it through. Like, and at Survivor Series, it's Team WCW versus Team WWE. Champions versus champions.
0: Company for company.
1: Company for company inside war games. If that don't make you get excited, you're not a wrestling fan. You know to get your pulse checked. All
0: right? <laughs> You need to quit listening right
1: now. Right. <laughs> like I'm jacked up right now. Yeah. So, that's one of the storylines I've come up with. Another storyline. You know something we've never seen in the whole time Stings wrestling. What? You're overthinking it. Yeah. I we've never know. seen him be a true heel. Yeah. Even when he even the crow days. He was kind of that tweener, that stone cold. We've never seen him be a heel. To to piggyback off of that, Sting turns heel. You're going to crush the little stingers, and that's okay, because Hulk Hogan crushed me in 96, and he didn't care. Right. So why would Sting care in 2003 that he's crushing the little stingers? Because he's getting paid. He's on television. He's making money. He, he wouldn't care. So I think a heel sting, especially going this route, heel sting makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But you know what else it opens the door for? Storyline number three I thought of. Think about Sergeant Slaughter. Whenever Sergeant Slaughter was an Iraqi sympathizer, and then he got beat, and then he, make, he cut the promo about, I want my country back. Remember that? Right. Hogan went Hollywood, came back out. Debuted towards the end of WCW's days, red and yellow. He wanted his fans back. Sting
0: could do the same thing.
1: Bring back the surfer Sting. He did not have to cut his hair and go blonde. You met him at you met him at Comic Con a few weeks ago. You got a you got a picture signed for for me, and it's a picture of Sting, colored face paint, colored jacket, dark hair. He was already growing to the dark hair before he went crow. Right. So you have Sting come back out after this after this whole invasion angle is done, okay? And and you've got almost a year out of that. After that whole invasion angle, you have Sting. He's gone for a while. Then you come back with his Surfer Sting music. He's got the neon pants, the neon boots, the the colorful face paint, beating his chest. Ah, you know, doing all that, and we get the return of Surfer Sting, which we've all wanted. All of us have won it since 96. Mm-hmm. We've all wanted surfer sting to come back. And it's crazy to think about 96 to 2006 to 2016 to 2000. 25 years Sean since we've seen surfer sting. right? That's this thing I grew up on. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen the surfer sting. So I think that we would that we would see the surfer sting, okay? So, <laughs> it's funny. These storylines I've built play off each other. So, we have heel sting, the invasion angle. They go hand in hand. Comes back, surfer sting. Okay? Surfer sting, even though he's trying to prove he's WWE, surfer sting keeps getting screwed over by the authority. Because the authority is always the central figure, Right? And who's the figurehead of the authority? Vince McMahon. So it ultimately comes down to a Sting versus Vince McMahon thing. And Sting consistently gets screwed out of things. Think Dusty Rhodes chasing Ric Flair and in the, in the NWA title, right? Dusty got so close so many times, only for something goofy to happen. Only for, you know, I mean, Hogan lost his world title because Ted DiBiase has so much money that he paid a referee to go have facial surgery to look like Earl Hebner. <laughs> like, I mean, everything happens just continually to cheat Sting out of things. He thinks, you know, he thinks he gets over. He thinks he wins matches and he gets overturned. He thinks he, you know, he thinks he wins. You know, somebody hits him with a chair and it's, and the referee rings disqualification. Vince comes out and says, no, 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 I forgot to mention, this is a no disqualification match. Yeah. Yeah. So all these things happen, which leads to basically Sting going crazy. And we get Sting to morph into the WWE version of Joker Sting, which I told you last week, if you haven't seen Joker Sting, go back and watch that. That was like some intense stuff. And it was really good. And that's during the Ruthless Aggression Era. I very much think Joker Sting works in WWE. Yeah. So, and basically, you have Joker Sting essentially turns into a vigilante. He becomes the shield before the shield was the shield. And he takes down injustice that's done by the McMahon family and the authority. So... And then finally, one of the one of the better factions in TNA was the main event mafia. I thought it was a great premise. I thought it made a lot of sense. And I would have him do a similar thing. I mean, actually, funny, in 02, at this point, every member of the main event mafia, the original main event mafia,
0: was in WWE to stop. You know, it's like sometimes Vince just can't get out of his own way. Right. You know? I, how
1: is it possible that he doesn't have the best creative teams? Right? I Here's the problem. I think he does have a really good creative team. I think he doesn't let them do what he hires them to do. Yeah. That would be like, you are a huge Atlanta Braves fan – Shout out to the Braves being in the World Series, right? Yeah. First time since 99? Yep. That would be like you being the general manager of the Atlanta Braves, and you have a pitcher the, the caliber of Max Freed, right? Max yep. Freed's a good pitcher.
0: Yeah, he's getting rocked currently.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> even, you know. I mean, everybody has bad days. But you going into the lock, to the locker room one day and be like, Max, you know what? You're a fantastic pitcher, but I think I want to see that arm at the hot corner what you didn't you didn't draft him and pay him to be a third baseman right you drafted him to be a pitcher yeah you know Vince you drafted these guys you hired these guys to be creative writers yeah stop being Al Davis stop being Jerry Jones and let the people that you hire do the job you hired them to do
0: yeah be Art Rooney yes stay in the office stay in the office and don't say nothing yeah
1: be, no, I, be I, I, Arthur Blank from the from the Falcons, no. who they show occasionally in the uh, press box, and he's just waving. I mean, look, a
0: conversation with Booker T stops any of this stuff from happening. Yep. If Booker T isn't treated the way Booker T was treated, Sting's in the WWE in 2002, never goes to TNA. Well, not TNA at this time. Right. He might have went to TNA after his first WWE contract. Right. But he may have never left the WWE.
1: May not. And then, you know, we talked about last week on TNA, the TNA episode, that if TNA survives and TNA does well, is there an AEW now? Like, the chain of events that would happen because of that one conversation, had it gone differently? Well,
0: okay, you said it this afternoon on the drive. If Sting goes to WWE... How much of a negative impact does that make on TNA?
1: Right. Right? Because I mean, he was a big name. Right. What if if Sting goes to the WWE? What does it do to the guys that are there now? Right. I mean there's a lot of what ifs, and I'm telling you,
0: yeah.
1: we're closing on an hour now. Yeah. I could go another hour. Yeah. Just about the what ifs. But man, I'm telling you, there's so much, there was so much potential there. And it was almost a done deal. Do you know it was almost a done deal again? No. In 2005, after his first TNA deal, Jim Ross, Sting, and Vince McMahon were hammering out a contract for him to come in 05. He was going to be a part-time wrestler. They knew at this point he's mid to late 40s. Okay. Right. So they were going to put him on a part-time schedule. And his first program coming in was going to be with The Rock, man. Like, that's how they were going to bring him in, to be The Rock's opponent in 05 at WrestleMania. It's a pretty good way to start. I mean, the great one? You're going to go one-on-one with the great one at WrestleMania?
0: So what got him there?
1: It never really said. JR kind of him and hauled around. I think it was he didn't want to be a part-time wrestler. Yeah. He still wanted to wrestle. Uh, and ultimately, I think some creative control ultimately came down to it. Yeah. Like, he, you know, I think he saw his character going one way. They saw his character going a different. Yeah. But, I mean, there's two times, O2 and O5, that Sting was offered. I mean, I haven't seen it on writing, but from everything I've read, I tend to believe he was offered contracts both times. Yeah. And he turned them down. But, man, Sting in O2 could have set the professional wrestling world on fire.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's And there there was definitely a lot of meat on the bone and a lot of potential uh if he had had signed at that point. So it's kind of disappointing that we never really got that. And you know, I mean, we got we got a great we got a great character from Sting for all, you know, for all the time he was and TNA was great as well.
1: I mean, I go back and and I just, like, I had dreams last night about how great that invasion angle could have been. Yeah. I
0: think we should, uh, we need to open up a wrestling promotion and just, you know, book our own matches.
1: I mean, I think so. So if you are listening and you're loaded with money, because it's going to take money for us to sign some of these stars, (laughs) give me your money. I will invest it properly in professional wrestlers we will put on a good product and we'll set back and reap the benefits
0: someone needs to share this with uh, Matt Jones we can come right for him
1: don't share it with Matt Jones <laughs> don't share come on
0: we could we could make OVW really good
1: you could share it with Shane and the dude don't share it with Matt we Jones well whatever i don't like Matt Jones
0: all those all those guys anyway so well i mean a powerful episode
1: man the stinger just Get
0: y'all fired up. Yeah, no doubt. It was definitely, definitely well thought out. I thought you did an awesome job with it. Oh, so, thanks. And I, I mean, it's definitely all on you this week. I just added in a little bit of salt and pepper. That was about it. So
1: you, well, Listen, salt and pepper sometimes are the most underrated yet most important parts of any meal. <laughs> That's true. You want to give <laughs> them a see. teaser about what next week is?
0: Um, I think uh, next week's show, if I remember correctly, is um, What If... Eddie Guerrero did not die, oh, man. So that'll be another one of those episodes kind of like, uh, Owen, you mm-hmm. know, and it'll be a similar episode to, I mean, this episode and the Owen episode, It, it it's going to be what could have been right. And right. he was right in the middle of his most illustrious run
1: in his career.
0: Yeah. And, um, I mean, it was it was heartbreaking to to lose him when we did because, man, he was so over, so over. Yep. Um. So it'll be a fun show to do that too, and and look back on some of his memories and, and we'll stuff. Just,
1: we'll do our best to do Eddie's legacy justice.
0: Yep. And um, then we won't be long. In just a couple more weeks. We'll be doing our uh, Survivor Series spectacular. Just a couple weeks. Yeah. So. And then, of course, um, if you, uh, haven't been listening to our Wednesday episodes, we started our top 50 this week. We did number 46 through 50. So tune in and check that out. And, um, this coming week, we'll have, you know, the 41 through 45. So we're, we're right in the middle of counting them down.
1: We are, and it's been a lot of fun uh, talking about the you know, the different wrestlers and the different positions, and we're already getting some feedback on our first episode that dropped on Wednesday. So
0: Yeah, for sure. So, tune in and check us out. You want to take us out with our sponsors? Oh,
1: I sure do. As always, we want to thank our sponsors. Uh, in no particular order, it is Heiner's White Bread. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be of white bread. It is Darren's Dashing Diners and Computer Help. Also, Crouch Family Bakery and Bread Claws himself Slangin' Bread Daily.
0: Awesome. Well, another great show. Excited to uh, get into next week's show. Until next week. Ow! That wraps up this episode from Corner to Corner. Tune in each Saturday as we discuss some of the biggest moments in pro wrestling history. Be sure to like our Facebook page and click us to follow on the podcast. Until next time, this is Sean.
1: And this is Neil. Stay safe, friends.